Welcome to Against the Grain, the official Everglades Golf Course Superintendent's Podcast. Your ultimate source for the latest chapter names, exciting events, and in-depth industry interviews right here in the heart of the Everglades. All right, welcome back to Against the Grain, the official podcast of the Everglades Golf Course Superintendent Association. I'm Gabe Gallo, your host, along with Dave Meske, and we have a special guest here, Mr. Billy Davidson. How are you? I'm doing great, Gabe. Thanks hey, for having Billy. me. Hey, Billy. How's it going? Great. You're a bit uh, famous here this week, huh? Well, I don't know about famous, but, <laughs> I, you know, it just I, I try to do a lot of videos for my club to help them understand because nobody wants to read. And I just, you know, I thought, man, I, I can't be the only guy that's having these problems. So I just tried to do something that would help as many people as wanted to use it. Yeah, certainly. But before we get into that, you just went through a uh, a big renovation this summer there at uh, Country Club in Naples. Do you want to touch on that and that process? Sure. Yeah, we converted from Bermuda grass to Paspalum during our renovation. So the golf course was rebuilt in 2009, but the irrigation system wasn't redone then and the greens weren't rebuilt back then. So those had aged to 20 years for the irrigation and 25 years for the greens. And we were starting to have some problems. And um, knowing that that process was coming up, I started doing some testing with different turf grasses a long time ago, five, six years ago. And we had platinum past Malum out there. We had Bimini, we had everything that I could just put on the golf course and let them play with it. But what really drove us towards the, the Platinum Pass Ballon was a combination of solving some of our nematode issues as well as dealing with our poor water quality. One of the you're getting your water from the uh from the city, right? That's yeah, right. one of the oddities okay. at the country club is we don't have a pump station, we take wow. pressurized. Hmm reuse water from the city of Naples. So we're in most golf courses that get reused water, they put it into a lake and then have a pump station that draws it back out and pumps it on the golf course, but it's diluted, right? So you pump up that water in a first water lake, it gets diluted. We don't have the capacity. So whatever water quality leaves a reuse plant, it shoots right out onto the golf course. And even in the middle of summer, on a normal year, we would still have burnt leaves on trees and and all that sort of extra damage. Because yeah, I remember one one video that you showed that had like the cypress trees that were kind of the yeah. lower branches were kind of whacked. That's that's kind of a tall tale sign right there. <laughs> right, even in the middle <laughs> of summer, the leaves would be burned off. So we we just knew that over the years, our our issues, our water quality issues, were was a was a big deal, and so. You, you have poor water quality and then you start rolling into springtime when our nematodes are starting to create, you know, turf conditions that aren't conducive to growth. And we just always had these particular areas. And then one T in particular, we could never curfew or we couldn't do a whole lot to it because of its proximity to buildings off site. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. And so I just called Tim Hires one day and I said, what do you guys do for nematode control? And he basically said nothing. And I said, like, well, why is that? He's like, well, this past balance just outgrows it. And so I was, instead of me resodding that tea in Bermuda grass, like I did every other year, I said, well, let's just give it a try. And we put 
platinum pass Balam on it and we never had to regrass it since and then that expanded to let's do a few other tees and then i did a we have a 200 yard car three on the back so i i did that fairway on pass Balam and and the members really like it it's beautiful we can really we were we cut a real 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 tight before this crappy weather set in we were cutting the right. fire that three eighths of an inch i mean the members just loved it and stripes and all that other kind of stuff so it was decided due to all of the, the extra stuff all the extra benefits of it that we would go that direction and it was working fabulous and then el nino set in so it was it was a long process we did have to do a few extra things in preparation for it during the renovation we we phrase mode one inch deep the entire golf course which was a whole experience if you're gonna phrase yeah. but you're gonna phrase mode that much material we didn't we weren't ill prepared for how fast the material piled up and how actual how much material we were going to generate so you know a few few bumps along the way but the project turned out really really nice that's good. And that was a Drew Rogers design. Is that correct? Right. So the golf course was originally built in 1961 by golf course architect Bill Diddle. He was, uh, a, I don't know if he still is, but he was in the Guinness Book of World Record for shooting his age the most number of times in his lifetime. He was a very oh, wow. accomplished amateur golfer hmm. and uh, had built a lot of golf courses in the Indianapolis area. And I, for, I don't know how he got down here, but he built a golf course. And when I got here in 2008, the golf course essentially was the original design. We were bowling alley flat. We had no drainage and the golf course needed to be done really, really bad. And that's why I was hired to shepherd the, the country club through that process. And so in 2009, we hired Gordy Lewis to come in and do a revamp uh, we didn't do the putting surfaces again but we did reshape and add drainage and new bunkers and stuff like that just kind of modified it a bit yeah just kind of updated it i guess would yep. be a great way of saying but it no new irrigation at that time or anything no new irrigation and we left the greens as they were and those were converted wow. to usga greens in like 1996 or seven so they're pretty old okay Wow. Right, but uh, what started the whole process of this big renovation was membership survey. We we would we quite frequently poll the members to make sure we're on track with assessing where it is that they want the club to go, and they wanted a new driving range, practice facility area. Well, because we're so small, like think about how far you hit the golf ball in 1961, right? You don't, you couldn't hit a 300 yard drive if if you were tiger woods back in the day so we have a very small practice facility and in order to enlarge it a little bit and make it the way they wanted it including short game area and all that kind of stuff that particular project involved us moving three greens so the we just completed our renovation that project was supposed to be done in 2022 and 23 that fiscal year and then since we we're going to get that big of a project done and moving greens, I talked the club into hiring Drew to do a master plan, knowing yeah. that the, the renovation was coming up in a few years post driving range. And so 
he did our master plan and then looking at everything and thinking logistically it it just didn't make any sense to do a, do a renovation this year and then try and do a complete golf course reconstruction two years later and then have them overlap each other seamlessly so right myself and the, the gm and the golf pro we work very well together so we convinced the board to move the the renovation of the driving range back a year and then we moved the renovation of the golf course up a year and so we just laid them seamlessly together in one master plan and attacked the whole project all at once thank god <laughs> yeah you don't have like two summers in a row back to back oh yeah yeah and then, and then uh, trying to you know irrigate because we dug lakes and we had to move city utility lines and water connections and it, trying to do that without killing the rest of the golf course would have just been a nightmare. So fortunately, right. they the, I can say that the, the club did everything right during this project. They they didn't hamper or him in the architect with anything other than one mandate to say, we don't want the slope of the golf course to get exceedingly different the golf yeah. course is rated a little bit easier but it's not substantially a change to the slope rating of the golf course and so the golf course architects if drew said you know i want to do this and we could do it we did it and we didn't we didn't say no to him on anything we wanted he wanted trees taken out we took trees out he wanted trees put in we put trees in he wanted to move a green five feet in a project or move it over here was whatever he wanted. And I was really proud of our club and the fact that when he came out and sat down with us and he said to us, well, what do you guys, what are you looking for? The board of directors didn't say anything. They told Drew, we want you to go out and tell us what you see and then come back to us and then we'll talk about what your vision is and what we think the vision is. They didn't try and play armchair quarterback with them at all. They 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 let the architect be the architect. And it um, when he came back, he was like, you know, you guys are old school, a lot of huge cypress trees, all that. Things. So we, he said, I, I see a golf course reminiscent of the, the golden era of golf. And that was exactly what we were thinking as well. So mm. our our new style is a very reminiscent of a ground game attack sort of golf course that you would have seen back if Bobby Jones was going to go play the golf course. You know, there's a lot of bump and runs. There's a lot of runoffs. There's very few forced carries. We don't need to go out and do a whole bunch of excavation to be able to generate the the site development around the golf course right and think about 1961 flood control really wasn't a big concept so you know we didn't have to dig huge lakes or the lake i should say they didn't have to dig massive lakes and use it to develop home sites and build everything way up so we were real fortunate that basically everything is real down and we were able to utilize that feature to give us a golf course that was very reminiscent of a very old school architecture. That's wonderful. You guys uh, recently opened the last month. 
Uh, yeah, we opened. Well, we we did a soft opening in the middle of November. So yeah. the project started basically August, or April 1st. And then that's when we started excavating and the greens and stripping and doing all that other stuff. And then we went right into uh, full construction grassing. So we finished grassing the front nine middle of June, kind of middle of the third quarter or the third week in June. And then our property is somewhat unique in that the main road through the neighborhood separates it from east and west. The, the front nine is on the west, the back nine is on the east. So we we built the front first, got that all grass, and then we jumped the road and went to the other side. And it's a little bit unique in the fact that that main road separates sand from rock. So we knew when we got mm. to the backside, we would have a lot of rock excavation and, and those sort of things. So um, we started building the back nine beginning of July-ish and finished grassing the back nine towards the latter part of August, oh, wow. um, which was a real fun time as everybody knows with the weather that we've had this year and the lack of rainfall we you know we went on water restrictions during the growing phase of this project three times um and for us that's significant right because we don't have a pump station we don't have right yeah you're at the mercy have, of the city yeah right? we do that's have nice. two small backup wells right but they only put out a total of a thousand gallons a minute and at the same time, right, we're doing this massive construction project. We had to move FPNL lines. So I'm renting massive generators to run oh, these, yeah. these little tiny well pumps. And we're trying to grow a golf course in on a thousand gallons a minute. And that's, I, and that's, that's, that's down just, with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I'm working on their schedule and. Oh yeah, it was it was insane. So <laughs> we got to the point we we kind of figured it out where we got to the point where I would station one guy at the pump station. We turned off all the safety features on the pump stations, all the VFD <laughs> control, bypassed all that stuff, and we would just watch the pressure gauge just do this right, and it started going down. And I was like, all right, you can turn turn some water off, and it come up a little bit. And when it started coming up like this, I turn more water on, and I mean, it was, I mean, it was crazy, like. I, I applaud my guys for sticking with me because it was, you know, the, the hottest, the driest, um, you know, it was, it was a, it, if I can build this golf course under these conditions, I can pretty much do anything because it's, it was such an unbelievable undertaking. And my two assistants, Randy Robb and Mitch Horn, they toughed it out with me. You know, it, it was, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I call, I actually called my GM at one point and was like, can we please slow down and the, you know, <laughs> and and stop the grassing process like we just don't have enough water and he was like oh man i don't know they're you know so we actually made the decision at one point to sacrifice watering all the new fairway sprigs and stuff like that on the back so that we could grass the greens mm. wow you know, so after we got done grassing everything we had to turn around and start regrassing a bunch of the golf course that just died because we were were not able to keep enough water on it so we actually didn't stop grassing the golf course until almost october wow well i know you did a very good job with documenting through the summer i mean i mean how many videos total do you know that you oh did? I, I was i have no idea you were I was, like once a day yeah I think it was at least 
every other day I was putting out a video. And you know what? That was the single biggest thing that my membership loved about the project. They were completely involved every right. step of the way. And when they all came back, and even even yesterday, I met a new member at one of our receptions, and he was like, I watched every video and I couldn't wait for the next one to be published. So the, the key word there is communication, right, Gabe? You do a great job of it, but uh, it doesn't have to be real fancy. Um, I just have a blog page and I would literally, I'd literally just take my phone like this and I'd make a quick video and then I would post it, you know, and they love it. They absolutely love it. Being yeah, that, that's what impressed me about your video is that you you do it in one shot. You know, I don't know how many times it takes you or whatever, but it, like, there is yeah, like, most of the time. Your, but I'm but, saying like there's there's zero cuts in your in yeah. your videos. You know, it's like start finish. That's it. That's I can't it do is. that. I, I have to sit there and chop up some things. You know, it, it doesn't need to be fancy. And the membership likes the fact that you know I shoot off the cuff and I just let it rip. And they're like, yeah. you know what? Then they just tell me you're relatable and they believe in the messages. And now they know they, and when I post something about El Nino and whatever, they, they all watch it because they know that it's worthwhile and it's going to be informative and it's going to be short and brief, right? Well, it's not a 15 minute dissertation and they all get the information. They stay informed, but it's kind of a cult following around here. It's kind of nice when, um, you know, Mrs. Havocamp says, Hey, Billy, why are the greens looking the way they do? And then Mrs. Jones, who's standing right next to her says, Oh, you didn't see the blog. He, he posted a video on that. And then yep. you know, now we have a new, that's content. nice. Yeah. 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 Mrs. Havocamp then gets signed up for the blog and, and every new member that we've taken in in the last five years automatically gets signed up for it. And it just becomes part of their educational process. And right. it, even, even the general manager would come up to me from time to time. Like, Listen, I need you to put a post out and, you know, we need to get signups for people to come to the seafood buffet or whatever. So you can use it as a, a significant messaging center for the membership, even if it's not just necessarily about grass and, you know, reels and sand and all that kind of stuff. So it, it has become a nice little tool for the club to be able to communicate on in all aspects. No, I would I imagine agree. it's it's not like the, you know, everybody would say the adage of no news is good news, where in stuff like this, keeping them informed kind of keeps them uh, not right. under control, but but keep to keep them from coming and asking questions and feeling like they don't know what's going on. When exactly. You're just, you're just relatable with them. You don't try to talk over their head with you know big terms they don't understand and just hey this is what's going on here's video i can show you and right you know the next one will come out and they all uh uh kind of get it right they're the way i looked at it was they're all going to talk anyway right. right and so they're gonna they're gonna come up to their own conclusions right nature of, of abhors a vacuum so in the absence of the real information they're going to make it up on their own yeah and they're gonna come to a conclusion and sometimes it's right but most of the time it's wrong i when i used to uh, work with tim hires as his assistant you know he tim would always pontificate these these things out of his head and you're just like where do you come up with that but it, they're so true and tim used to tell me all the time it was like when golfers show up to the golf course they open their trunk they take their clubs out and then they put their brains in and then they close the <laughs> trunk and then they go play golf 
So, right. So you, yep. you need to stay ahead of the curve on pushing the information out there yeah. so that these guys are continually bombarded with the truth, good or bad. Right. And right. Gabe, you know, this when, um, when things yeah. are bad, you need to stand out front so that the membership has a belief in you that you have control of the situation. I hide when things are good. Like I, if you, if things are good, you probably don't see me too much around the golf shop and the dining room and the clubhouse and the driving range because everybody's happy. Right. But yeah. um, this time of the year, I mean, like I was here till seven thirty last night, sh schmucking it up with new members at the reception, making sure that they know what's going on and. You know, and then they're all talking about videos and the golf course construction. And that's when it's important for you to get out in front is when things aren't the greatest. Just go be seen. Let people know that you're out there and you're doing everything that you can. Ninety percent of the people at your golf clubs are understanding. Right. They, yeah. they get they've gone through struggles in their life, too. And they understand that there are things that are out of your control. And, and when you put it in perspective of things like, you know, if the golf course needs water, we irrigate. If the grass is a little bit thin, we put a little fertilizer on it. I said, but if the sun's not shining, there's nothing we can do about it other than right. spend millions of dollars to try and get some sort of artificial light system and what, like, yeah. like those are just unrealistic expectations. So um, you know, the, the blog has worked out really well. The membership has taken to it and they follow it. Yep. And your video, the El Nino one, we're at uh, 1.2, um, I'm sorry, 1.2 thousand, uh, views yeah. picking up. You know, I, I don't know what the inspiration was for it other than I saw an Instagram post and I and the guy who had David Attenborough's voice, and I'm like, how did he do that? <laughs> yeah. And and so I started investigating. And I come to find out they're using an AI voice synthesizer. So I'm like, oh, let's see how it works. And you know, it cost me sixteen dollars to buy a subscription to okay. be able to do that. Um, That's for a month, sixteen a month. Well, what it is is, I probably could have done it for a dollar, but in the beginning, I didn't quite understand. You so you sign up for the subscription and you buy this giant chunk of characters so let's just gotcha. say you get 15,000 characters hmm. I'm not the greatest typist you know so you <laughs> you punch it in and then you hit generate and you listen to the voice and then it'll be like for and you get the like you you can hear all of your mispronunciation or your miss punctuations or the right, miss yeah uh, right so you just burn 1200 or you just burn let's say 150 characters well now you have to type the and you hit generate and now you just burned another 163 characters so like going through those iterations so i burned up my dollars worth of subscription real fast <laughs> and so then i had to buy the next level which was a 15 dollars membership and it's really cool they have built-in voices already or okay. You know, I gave I'm actually recording your voice and I'm going to generate a statement telling your club that you quit. So, oh boy, oh, yes, I will. I'll get behind that with you. I'll pitch in. It's, um, you it's know, scary so, what it can it, what it can do, it you know? Scary. Yeah. I mean, you got to start having like code words and stuff with your spouses yeah. and kids. Like, let you know, like, am I talking to the real person or not? You know, might <laughs> exactly. come out of that. You're right. right. So, so as you 
as you're typing, were you thinking of how David Attenborough would speak yes. as you're writing it? So, cause you don't want it to sound not American. like David. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. His, so his, I, you know, cadence and everything. Yeah. That's what tricked me out. Like there's no y'all in there or anything like that. that he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he cleaned it up pretty no good. Ain't. I mean, yeah. Right. So yeah, you, you you're hearing his voice in your in your head as you're typing. Yeah. But one of the things that really made it easy is I went to ChatGBT and I just the prompt was a four minute commercial on the effects of El Nino and golf, right? And okay. It generate and it pumped it all out, and then I copied that into a Word document, and then I somewhat edited the Word document, and then I would copy the sentences or the the paragraph or whatever it was on the word document and then i would paste that into the ai generator for david attenborough's voice and then try and generate it that way like i'm okay. i'm way too unintelligent to come up with that, all of that by myself but you know you kind of have well, that, a, that would have taken a, anyone forever though right yeah, yeah. i mean Without you say that, that but you you went through the steps of of doing it in chat gpt doing it here where most people would have been like, I don't know what to do here. Right. I kind of knew what message I wanted to tell. And so coming up with the the verbiage to tell it was right. the key. Right. And so there was a, the final product was a combination of the big chat GBT uh, script and then um, and consultation from, you know, you know, Gabe and uh, Todd Lowe and Aaron Olaf and yep. I sent the Tim Hires and Dr. Unruh and some people around. It's like, you know, take a quick look at this and make sure I'm on point. I don't, the message here is so important that I, I wanted to make sure that I utilize my, my colleagues. Like if they were producing the video, what would they want it to say? And we, and we did make some, some, some substantial changes. Um, you know, video messaging, it needs to be brief. You know, the mess, the, the video is actually getting up to be 10, 12 minutes long. And so yep. going back and, and finding out like, what's the, the superfluous, the extra stuff that doesn't need to be said, you know, and cutting that stuff out. And I would encourage everybody to learn how to use a video editor, download for a hundred bucks, download it on your laptop or whatever, yeah. and get familiar with it because it's so easy to produce something today with all the technology and again the the cheats of ai you can yeah. you can really produce something that your membership are going to want to watch they don't want to read no no we we, no. we see that too i mean I, every time the email goes out you know we can see uh the percentage or whatever who's opened it up and it's right every year it seems like it's just getting less and less and less yeah. i mean we're we're lucky if we reach over twenty percent, you know, on an email. Right. Yeah. yeah. When it's a video email, right? That we can tell they click that video, you know. Yep. And that percentage is way higher. Well, and, mention, and what's like nice? you mentioned earlier, because it kind of spreads because members talking about, yeah. you know, hey, did you see that video? You know, well, go check out that video, and then that just unwinds again, and then it kind of spreads like wildflower, or wildflowers, but uh, within the club. So. You know, and with the video, Gabe, it'll give you, especially if it's on YouTube, you can see where, how much people have watched and where they've dropped off. So then you can start to say, okay, hey, everybody's kind of dropping off after yep. that six, seven minute mark. We're going to cut all of our, our videos down. We know that's kind of the sweet spot of where we keep them uh, engaged in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that, Billy? Have you seen where where you can see the, uh, no, the drop I'm, off? I'm a YouTube uh, neophyte. I need to expand my horizons a little bit there. I just, I never really got too involved with it because all of my videos for the reconstruction and stuff have been yeah. super short. And it's really hard to paste a video directly into the blog. I use uh, WordPress. It's yeah. really difficult to yeah. paste directly into it. So I would just quickly post it up on YouTube and copy the link and embed it. Um, but I need to, you know, as I'm delving more into this edited video messaging system, I need to get up to speed with all that stuff. Gabe, you're going to help me. Sick too, but no, you, you do a great job. Like I said, <laughs> it's, it's amazing how you make these videos in like in one cut, you know, um, yeah. well, very wonderful. Shooting off the hip. Just tell the truth. It's easy to to let it fly if you're doing that. Right. And nowadays everything is out there on Google to find out how to do a lot of this stuff. I mean, just yep. literally search it up. There's videos on how to do the videos or videos on how to yeah. edit. And it's not, it's just taken a little bit of time to do it and you'll be surprised on how easy it has become. Uh, from yeah. having to used to write websites in actual code and testing it to now with WordPress and themes and, plugins it's crazy what i can do yeah especially for lay people like me they're like you know i'm i am not computer savvy but you just force yourself they're all intuitive now they right? are yeah yeah you can yeah. just kind of like oh i kind of get it you know i don't need a three hour a day class i just no just start pointing and clicking and right a lot of it's drag and drop and yeah it's great can add music and i mean i use a pro uh, a platform called filmora and uh okay, you know yep. i mean i can make lightning bolts shoot out of your eyes it's crazy what you can do <laughs> it you know uh, where's that video at <laughs> 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 but i i really appreciate what you what you did with that yeah. el nino video and and i've told you i've i've shared it with uh my gm my green chair um, and last night it got sent out to, to all the membership and Good. so you're probably gonna get a couple extra views from that. And yeah, I really appreciate what yeah. you did and, and, and people who, who have a hard time explaining or communicating with their, their membership This this video was, was an excellent, uh, tool for them to use. Right. So that, that was the intent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Really well done. So what's the next one? What's the next Attenborough video we're getting here? Well, I've been sort of conspiring with Gabe to uh, figure out a way to do part two, which is some testimonials from superintendents. Uh, the, what I'm foreseeing in the future is the Greens Committee or the, the people at the club saying, well, I just played next door and they're perfect, right? And I mean, mm -hmm. nobody's perfect. I don't care who you are. No one is doing the things that they did last year there's something different you might have more turf on your greens than me but you're not yep. mowing at 85 like you were last year and right. cutting and doing this and doing that so i i want to try to figure a way where we can take um what's the word there we can take some testimonials some some quick snippets from guys and basically saying yeah it's you know we're struggling a little bit too and it's not necessarily an expose of everybody's problems, but just shining a light on the fact that this is a, a function of universal distress. Like we're right. all in the same boat. Right. And I think, 
you know, when someone says that to us, oh, we're all in the same boat. My first thought is to make sure we're not all rowing off the same side because you just go in circles. Yep. So I yep. make sure yep, I like that, that. We're, we're all in the same boat, rowing in a direction towards education, enlightenment, letting the clubs know that, yeah, we're going to lose some turf and we are going to struggle a little bit, but we'll be okay, right? If the club understands that, regardless of whether or not there's a little bit of trouble now, but we have a masterful hand at the wheel, most of the time they're pretty forgiven in my experience. They will understand that not every day is sunshine and roses. There's going to be a little turbulent water. And like I said, as, as long as there's understanding, right? And that's the point of standing out in front and saying, yes, we have a problem. Yep. I'm the leader. I have control of the situation. And, and this is right. the direction we're going. So that's what I try to do. Have you guys Once found using this information, even with like the golf pros, the general manager, also being able to uh, convey this stuff to members that maybe don't see you guys or don't talk, you know, haven't come up and talked to you, but if they're having questions that, okay, the GM's now educated enough or the golf pro Absolutely. now knows enough. Absolutely. So the, when I hit post, the very first person that I go see is the membership director. Okay. And I ask her, did you watch the video? Do you understand it? Do you have any questions? The very next person that I go to are the teaching pros. The ones that are standing there on the driving range because right. they're like the hairdressers. They yeah. will. They, yeah, exactly. You want to know what's going on in a club? Go talk to the teaching pro that's out on the range. <laughs> they know everything that's going on in a club. Who's got, you know, marital problems? Who just right all the tea for yep. a bazillion dollars? They know everything. They're the hairdresser of the club. So it's membership director. Then I go talk to the teaching pros. Then I go talk to the actual director of golf. And because he's usually somewhere around the golf shop, right? The, and then I talk to the golf pros and then I talk to the uh, food and beverage managers, right? right yep. Yep. Down the, I talk to all those guys and make sure they watch the videos. They know what's going on because they are the ones that are going to get it. When there is a problem, they don't come down to my office. 99% of the people in my club have no idea where my office is. They go talk to the people they run into first, golf pros, food and beverage people, the membership director. And, uh, you know, I also make sure that the CFO watches the video mm -hmm. and I make sure the general manager watches the video. So as soon as I press play, now it's face to face with club leadership to make sure they all understand what's going on. Right. Because when the chef burns a steak, it gets thrown in the garbage. The golf pro forgets a tea time. We, they get squeezed in. The accountant makes a mistake. Well, we're just going to do a, a, you know, a general entry notation. We'll right. Yeah. It. It's it's easy to use the slide rule with those sort of deals. When we make a mistake or there's an issue with the golf course, it's like a billboard on I-75. So yep. by combating the bad information with what happened and even if it's a purposeful mistake like um you know a fertilizer mishap or a spray whoopsie it happened there's no getting yeah out. everybody's gonna know yep. so get out in front of it own it let them know you have your hand on the wheel you're not sleeping in your office or out fishing all the time like 
that go own it and let them know things are going to be right this is the problem this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to get out of it and these are the expectations that you can handle and so um you know one of the big things with my general manager that i love about him and and sometimes i don't do the best job about it but i'm working on it, is consistent messaging through the club so you know while i was producing this video i would send him a version of it like are you okay with this if we are mm -hmm. you okay if we send this out to the membership right because it, i i wanted to send it to our superintendent buddies and all that kind of stuff to make sure we're getting all the content right answered, right but then we also have now, what, was this before the billy jacks deal <laughs> no we didn't we didn't have a general manager back then okay <laughs> well, i was just letting it rip have but, you seen them uh, <laughs> yeah the billy jack steel um so i wanted to make sure that the general manager would be okay with sending the video out right because right yes it's it's my blog and i 99 percent of the time don't ever ask permission or whatever but messaging on this focal point was real important and i knew it was going to be important to my general manager so i also included him in that component to make sure you know i didn't put something in there that was a little bit too flamboyant and you know in the video yeah I'm yeah trying to promote the superintendent as much as explain the situation so i didn't want to i didn't want to go too far off the reservation in any one direction and you know ask don't be afraid to ask. That's one of the things Tim taught me a long time ago. I, I remember in 2000, well, this was probably 1996, 97, somewhere in there, we had a really bad El Nino. And I remember mm -hmm. Tim doing something and he sent it to Marsh Benson, who was a super at Augusta National at the time. And like one of the, Tim was, was very open to collaboration with your friends and like the people that, would tell you like nah, i think maybe you do this or you if the, the message would be a little better if you did that and i i think some of the time as superintendents we are a little bit of afraid of some criticism uh, because most of the times it comes in the forms of complaints from our membership yeah. so right yeah, oh, yeah. Um, i wanted to make sure that you know gabe had a chance to take a look at it because he's good with videos and aaron olaf is one of the most scientifically minded superintendents that we have in the area. So I wanted to get his opinion and get Todd Lowe involved because he's out and about and he sees stuff all over the place and he was with the USGA forever. So, you know what I mean? I wanted to expand my own personal comfort level because again, usually I'm just sitting here like, Hey, this is Billy. And this was, but the message was too important. It was right. Yep. The, the message was just too important. I think he did an excellent job once again, and and oh, yeah. a lot of superintendents, uh, I'm sure, are very appreciative of you putting that out there. And anyone that hadn't seen the video, go take a look on uh, Billy Davidson's channel. It's Billy Davidson, and really all you have to do is just type in his name and say El Nino, and it's one of the top things that that pop up with the. Uh, a nice uh, character drawing that you that you created as your. Uh, I did that on AI you know. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's so much free AI stuff out there that. Did you did, you did you notice something on that photo that uh, thumbnail that my uh, one of my guys here at work uh, no. paid attention to? The golf ball is sitting on a tee on a green. I, well, yeah, I did notice that, and you it's didn't? funny because that. When that I first was like, looked at, it, I thought it was just a golf ball on a green, and I looked closer. I'm like. Hmm. I wonder how he typed that one. <laughs> yeah. So 
you know, when you do those AI caricatures like that, you just put in the prompts. Like I said, you know, superhero golf. Yeah. And you put in all these little, it's like a search engine, right? So you put in all the stuff that you will, and then you just hit generate and you just, you're like, Oh my God, let's hope, let's hope it comes out good. So, um, yeah, Dave's a master at that actually. That was, that was uh, a free AI generation there. I've had some funny ones doing, uh, just, you know, for like the Everglades mm-hmm. uh, for Thanksgiving and just putting in, you know, like alligator, pilgrim, <laughs> you know, gator, turkey, yep. Thanksgiving. And it was like a giant uh, piece of pie, pumpkin pie, a turkey that was probably the size of a golf ball with whipped cream on top. Nice. And you're just like, what? How? Right. You're at the mercy of whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that that Superman actually was like the last of about twenty iterations of that. Because I there was one. I mean, you know, like the computer put golf clubs all over the green, and what? You know, yep, really, yeah. So you, so you just you just keep narrowing the parameters, trying to get it to pump out the right thing. Exactly. Well, good, um, Billy. Again, appreciate you coming on. You're appreciate welcome. we did with the video. And um, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Yeah. 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 No problem. Thank Thank you you. for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Coming on. Well, that was a great interview with Billy Davidson from the country club of Naples. So we still got some uh, housekeeping to do Um, events coming up. No. Yeah. Yeah. We just had the, the GC horn. Uh, I, I wasn't able to, to be there. Unfortunately I had, uh, we're installing, some new GPS equipment on all of our tractors uh, that'll show maps of where we're putting down like Chipco Choice and stuff that we'll be able to give to customers. So I was up there working uh, working that out. But how uh, you were there, how'd it go? It was excellent. I think uh, Mr. Taylor did a good job bringing all the great speakers in. Um, it was a good, I think it was one of our highest attendees actually for that GC Horn event. It it uh, was. I was watching the numbers as far as yep. the registrations, and I was like, "Holy cow!" This is. It looked up, and it was. Yeah, it was a lot more than last year. Great turnout. So, we have other educational events coming up. Uh, yep. Spring symposium is which date again? April what? That is going to be on April twenty fifth at uh, RP Royal Pontiana. Perfect. So, still a chance to grab some uh, CEUs if you missed yep. the, uh, the the GC horn this past week. Yeah. Oh, and. You know, we have the the dinner meeting. That's on March 5th. We're still uh, finalizing some details on that. We'll let you know when registration opens. But if you didn't see the email, uh, I'll post the link in the uh, on uh, Twitter and everything. Uh, the POA rooms opened up for the, the POA weekend. So yep. that's the May 16th through the 19th. So I'll post a link for that with the show notes and everything. Uh, make sure you uh, jump on and get your rooms as soon as possible because those they tend to go pretty quick. quick. Oh, yeah. If not filled already. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see if I if you don't see the link, that's because they're filled. If you see the link, there's very limited supply left. Um, and then the you were able to actually get Todd Lowe to uh, to record Todd's El Nino talk, right? So we'll be able to yep, post that. Yeah, GC Horn. That's yeah. correct. So we'll, we'll post that here. Probably the next episode, we'll uh, post that whole uh, discussion with uh, that Todd Lowe did and uh, let give everybody a chance to hear that one. Yeah, we got a great lineup coming up on this podcast. Uh, 
thank you all for hanging with us those couple of weeks as we went through the holidays. But uh, we're gearing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to be good. All right. Well, we, uh, well, let's wrap this one up and get out of here and let everybody get back to their day. Awesome. Take Sounds care. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Against the Grain. Stay connected by following us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to download the official EGCSA app for an enhanced member experience.